0: Welcome to the Gene Oliver Podcast, where we talk all things business, art, and lifestyle. This is your podcast for building a more creative life. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you 10 tips to take back the peace for a more beautiful life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day to day, like I was. Go to slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at jeanoliver.com, where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I'm talking with Stephanie Lee. She is a friend, she is a peer, she has been at our studio, and she has taught. She's also taught on our uh, creative network, and I've even taught live with uh, Stephanie. And so she is somebody I have admired personally and professionally for years. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I would love for you to just introduce yourself a little and tell our listeners more about what you do. Okay. Well, you know, it all started on a summer day
1: in 1977. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I am, I'm an artist based in Southern Oregon. Um, and I, I live here with my husband, dogs, cats, chickens, grown kids, grandkids. It's always, um, it's always crazy here at our house. There's always some sort of action going on, um, I have a friend who says that she came from the quiet family and we are the loud family. So there's a lot of, a lot of noise and laughter and love that happens in our family. Um, I work out of my home right now. I've been, been doing art professionally for a little over 15 years Mm -hmm. and um, have always had a home-based studio and um, you know, I've been really, really grateful for that, you know, to be able to have it kind of weave in and out of the seasons of life as a mom. And uh, we're officially empty nesters now. So that's created a, a different dynamic with how I do my art. And, um, you know, the, there were a lot of years where I was traveling to teach and to connect with people in, the, in that creative capacity. But I've been doing a lot less traveling and doing a lot more home-based work. And that's felt, felt really good. So, um, I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on about me, you know, but... <laughs>
0: All right. Well, then I will talk a little bit uh, about kind of when I think of you, I never just think of you as only an artist. I think of how you welcome a conversation with friends and customers. I know of you as a deep thinker and thoughtful ponderer. I think of you out in nature or tending your garden I also think of you as a businesswoman, also trying to navigate your heart for family. So, when I personally see your work, and we have it in our home and I have it throughout our spaces because I love it so much because it's full of depth and layers, but I think Mm. that's because you are. So, how do you use these beautiful parts of who you are to guide your art? Mm,
1: Thank you. Um, Well, it's a huge honor to know that um, you have valued my work enough to buy it in your home because I know how much. How important your home space is to you, and so it feels—it feels like a huge honor to be able to contribute to the energy of your home.
0: Well, I have um, to interrupt you for a second because people get upset when we move your art. <laughs> So online, I love those people. Yes, yes. So we've moved like one particular piece multiple places in the house, and when people see that we've moved it, they're like, "Halt! What's going on? Where's Stephanie's (laughs) piece?"
1: I don't know who those people are. I did not send. Well, they're your people. (laughs) Thank you, people. Whoever you are, I love you. Um, Yeah. So what? Well, what's really interesting is I've spent a lot of years believing that my presence as an, as an artist was a lot more separate from who I am as a person than it is for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we all know that our life informs our work. I don't think that's a secret to anybody, but there, there are some of us who have, who have, who have really created a large distance between our life informing our work and, and our actual work. And I, feel really grateful that I'm, I'm now recognizing um, how inseparable and it's, and it's weird because to even say inseparable implies that they're different, that, that who I am when I'm not being an artist is a, a different container than who I am as an artist. And the reality is, is that every aspect of life involves a certain perspective, a certain creative ingenuity And in some ways that shows up in how we parent or how we garden. And sometimes that shows up in the colors that we choose to put on a canvas. So um, I don't really know how to answer how all of that, those other aspects of myself informs it, because I don't know how it could not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all just part of waking up in the morning and, um, you know, being, being interested in something. And maybe one day it's one thing and one day it's another thing and every day engaging in something that's interesting you know you start collecting a lot of data mm-hmm. a lot of data about what what is interesting to you and how you want to maybe create something that looks a different way in life you want to create a different relationship with a somebody that you care about how is that any different than creating a piece of art out of an idea in your mind you know there's there are aspects of it that are yours to do and there are aspects of it that are that are the divines to take care of and so you just show up and you do your part and the rest you know comes together not very cleanly sometimes but
0: <laughs> well what mediums do you feel the most at home with uh right now um i mean i i keep
1: trying to break up with plaster and <laughs> it, it i just can't i just can't it just there's something about it that I just love. So it, it, it has evolved quite a bit. The way that I use it, I used to use it in the way that it said to use it on the packaging, you know, mixed with water, smear. Mm-hmm. And I actually got really good at using it that way. I learned how uh, to choose my substrates appropriately because it didn't respond to everything the same way. And um, I, I learned how to, I mean, literally, I'd be like, ooh, it's a rainy day. If I mix plaster, it'll stay open longer. You know, like I started to, to relate it to just the, just everything. It just started to relate it to everything. Um, but then it started feeling like I was having to work too hard to comply with its demands. And so I started feeling like a, I needed to kind of, I don't want to say take charge, but I needed to modify it. So I'm still working with plaster, but I work with it differently. I don't just mix it with water anymore I mix it with other media and it and it, it's it's like I've discovered this whole new love with it in the last six months to a year because you know I've kind of changed how I work with it but always the plaster just serves as um, as a texture as a tooth as a as a surface on which I also do other things collage uh, i I was gonna say acrylic paint but Sometimes it's also latex paint. Sometimes it's you know latex, acrylic, they just it just depends on what I have within reach, what color I want. Um I've been using a lot more oil sticks lately and then encaustic medium is another thing that I just can never imagine not using. So um the short answer to your question is mixed media and and gratefully in some ways it's supposedly they're not supposed to work together. They they're
0: do. working for me, yeah. so yeah. Uh, well, I'm also wondering, especially because when I think of your work, um, I you know anybody who loves your work notices it and knows that it's yours before they know it's yours. Mm. What can what does that that that's actually every artist's dream that mm. people recognize your work as yours. But I think it can also mean that when you want to grow and change and break out and go to your next thing. Um, how do you honor that? How do you uh, not get stuck in? But this is what people have come to expect, and this is what they love. And as a working artist, it is also to sell your work and to support your family. And so, how do you also stay true to who you are and your own creative journey in the midst of that?
1: Yeah, that's that's been such a huge part of my journey. I, as you know, I I did metal smithing for a long, long time. And, um, because of the way I was relating to it, I did it longer than I should have. Um, because I was, I was doing it to please the people who enjoyed it, which isn't, you know, it didn't hurt me. There's no harm in that. There's, there's no regrets in that. I'm just saying that had I had a different relationship with it, I probably would have stopped doing it sooner had I not cared. That people really wanted that. Even to this day, I'll get people. Sometimes they'll, you know, pop in in my DMs or something, saying like, "Hey, when are you going to do another jewelry class?" And I don't know if I ever am going to do another jewelry class. One thing I know is that it's going to let me know if it's time to be a part of my creative practice again, metal smithing, You know. So, um, but in terms of just my work in general, a lot of that. I mean, that's been a big challenge, you know, how to, how to develop, um, and and to really settle into my authentic style. I'm not necessarily looking for uniqueness anymore or originality. That's what I used to think was the, the top of the hierarchy of qualifiers for art. Um, it's important, but it's not the most important thing at this point for me. Authenticity is, which is a, which is a watered down buzzword that a lot of people love and don't love. But for me, what that means is am I doing the thing that feels really enjoyable for me to do, even if it is the same thing I did yesterday and last month and a week ago, um, a year ago, whatever, because that's, first of all, that's my responsibility to myself. That's what it's going to mean for me to be a good steward of the creativity I've been given is to honor a relationship that feels kind and respectful and and friendly with it. Well,
0: and I think there's a misconception that as a creative, you have to keep on reinventing the wheel. And I actually disagree yeah. with that. I think you have to work within your wheel and get so good at it and so comfortable that you can do exactly like what you were saying earlier about plaster, that you know what you're working with so Intimately, that then it can flow into something else. That your right. metal smithing, you are so you are so uh, aware of how it would work. That if you wanted to, you could start incorporating it into your mixed media pieces. Mm-hmm. And and I think that so often people forget that even Matisse. I'm just going to use Matisse as an example. He used the same model, the same props, like the rugs, uh, the table, the lamps, the vases, and he would just rearrange them again and again and again. And so often would paint the exact same thing multiple times. Yeah. And that's why when we look at his work, you know it's his work. And so yeah. we're always trying to reinvent ourselves. We're always trying to reinvent the wheel. Who's going to ever notice our, our marks and notice yeah. our hand? And so I think there's comfort and joy And just doing the thing that comes the most naturally. And like you said, does this feel good? Um, Is it bringing me joy? So
1: another really important aspect of the creative process for me are the conversations that I have in my head while I am making art. And I can make, I can attempt to repeat the same, let's say I'm drawing an apple and I draw that apple a hundred times. To someone who is not in my head, it's the same stupid apple you know, but every conversation I'm having in my head with each subsequent drawing of that apple is, it's growing me, you know? So, uh, you know, the first time I draw an apple, the conversations might center on, do I even know how to draw an apple? The second time it's like, well, I sort of did one. Let's see if I can do it better. You know, like it just, it just keeps evolving and changing in your head. And, and I come out of maybe a repetitive practice. Let's say that's creating two two years worth of art that looks really similar. I'm not the same person I was two years ago when I created that first piece of art. And so to, to make it all about what the art looks like is missing half, half of the benefit of creating the art, you know? So it's easy to get hung up on that because that's what people respond to. They see what you create and they have a response to what they see. So it's, it's not nothing, but it's not everything. You know, so, so leaving lots of room to give yourself the opportunity for those conversations about yourself and your world and your life and your creativity to evolve over time in your head is the biggest benefit of doing work that to others may seem
0: like it's the same work. So good. You teach online art courses and you also do consulting for creatives. So what do you feel is your biggest message that you want people to know about themselves?
1: Oh, so I'm working so hard to figure out how to even put that into the words. Um, The the biggest, most important, most liberating message that I feel I hope to be able to communicate with people, both by, by way of the work I create and the life that I live and the kind of person I am, is that our creativity is not just, and I say that with air quotes, it's not just for making beautiful things as important and necessary as beauty is in our life. It's that's just one little piece of it. Our creativity is also to teach us. It, it's to it's to be. It's to be a tool with which we can start transferring our same curiosity about art materials, and art mediums, and all of that kind of stuff into the mediums that we're given uh, in relationships that are difficult, in life circumstances that feel really sparse and limiting, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. So, so recognizing that whatever it is that compels you and excites you and gives you the ability to make beautiful art, even if you don't think it's that beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, Those powers in that, in that context are, are just this tiny, tiny little representation of what we can do with that creative power in our life and in our relationships.
0: This is what I think makes you not just a wonderful artist, but a very incredible and powerful guide to other people. And so that's mm-hmm. why I think that if people are doing business consulting with you, you're not just talking about branding and marketing and mm-hmm. lead generators because that stuff, if you don't figure out the other stuff first, if yeah. you don't see the purpose and the beauty and in, in how you have been made and how to use that then how are you going to build a business that's authentic to you?
1: Absolutely. And being able to know as you're going through it, how to think differently. There's, I'm, I am not the person to talk to you about branding. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not that expert. I'm not the expert on marketing. I'm not that expert, but what I am really, really, really good at is helping people recognize that there's a An element of discernment in their mind that they can use all along when they decide. Like I decide, I want to want to be good at, you know, marketing. The minute they make that decision, they're going to get way more information than they can process. It's like they've just opened up to all the information. So then, then there's this thing in their head where they fear that they're not going to choose the right thing, or that they need to do all the things, or that you know all that kind of stuff. And so, for me, it's about helping people, whatever path they choose to grow in. Whether it's marketing or branding or or art, I'm not I'm not gonna tell someone how to mix paint colors, but I will tell them very very clearly. Here's how you start recognizing your thoughts, so that you're so that you can figure out how you need to paint mix paint colors, so that you can find the information that you need in the sea of information, overwhelming information. So it's it really is about helping people think differently and move move at the pace that feels true to them because sometimes it's not what you do it's the timing of when you do it you know what everyone's doing right now might be the best thing but it also might not be quite the right time for you that's right so you know learning how to discern that in your in your life and in your creativity is it's pivotal
0: to everything Well, and I think too, if you're not really clear on yourself, then you're looking around, you're seeing what everybody else is doing. And if you're not clear on yourself, then you think that's what you're supposed to be doing too. And then Mm -hmm. you can not understand why your ideas don't take off or your business isn't thriving. um, And and you can feel like you failed when you really didn't even begin.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there are ways of taking the next right steps, even when you're not totally clear on yourself, that will help you stay true to who you are, even before you fully know who that is.
0: And I think that's a lifetime journey anyways. Totally. Totally.
1: Well, we've both
0: been doing this for a while. What do you Mm -hmm. miss about the early days of live workshops and online courses? And then what opportunities do you appreciate about how you can run a business all of these years later? Yeah. Oh, what do I miss? Oh, the list is so long. So I
1: really, really thrive in, in a room with other people, you know, being able to uh, experience the humanness of that person, their, their breath, their laughter, their, you know, mannerisms, all that kind of stuff from a, from a live classroom. I, I really miss how much I got of that in the early years. Um you know, the economy of those, of that sort of thing has changed. And so I appreciate those even more now when I get those opportunities to teach live. Um, and the online class thing, the the thing that I miss is the newness of it. You know, every, when, when I first started doing online classes, I was, I was not the first person in my friend group to do them, but among some of the earlier people in my particular little creative community, and there was this this excitement when someone would create a new class. Everybody was excited about it because it was a kind of a new thing. And there's a sort of um, boredom and cynicism that sometimes I detect. Um, where part of me is like, "Come on, you guys, I have a little gratitude for technology. Just because there are so many online classes doesn't mean we have to, you know, talk about how they're not as cool as you want them to be because they are." really really cool mm-hmm. just make it you know just like appreciate this time that we live in so I, I appreciate I really appreciated and and sort of miss that um that giddiness that that was there when online teaching was new um and, and you know my challenge now is to commit to be that myself when I'm creating a new online class Because, you know, if I take that, if I start resenting that people don't appreciate online classes as much as they used to, then I don't create it with the right spirit, you know, so I got to take responsibility for that part of it. But it's still such an amazing, it's such an amazing way to connect with people um, and to reach people who might otherwise not dare step into that, you know, into that venture of creativity. So I don't wallow too much in what I miss, but there's stuff about it, you know, (laughs) stuff about it that would be awesome if it just lived forever.
0: Well, and it's allowed our businesses to be global. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible also.
1: Super amazing. Absolutely.
0: I think we can sometimes believe that to be successful, we have to do everything ourselves. But I believe that some of my biggest personal growths uh, in our business and, you know, and personally and professionally have been through collaboration. So what have collaborations meant in your own business?
1: Oh, man, they've been huge. They've been they've been twofold. So in the early days of collaborating, I was collaborating with people who I believed had a bigger reach than me, who were more trusted than me, who were, um, uh, more popular, you know, I had all sorts of stuff. And these ideas that if I, if I collaborated with those people, um, then it would validate my work. If they saw my work as valid, it would validate my work. And um, I've learned so many amazing things from those collaborations, the most important of which is my work and who I am stands on its own. And every collaboration that I do, um, needs to be equally mutually beneficial. It needs to be something that that grows both of us, not just me hoping someone else will grow me, and them believing oddly that's why they collaborated with me. They thought the same thing about me, you know. And so it's just kind of this weird, um, this this not weird. It was it was a uncomfortable way of growing when I started realizing I need to be my own best advocate here. And, you know, that's going to look like a lot of different things for a lot of people. But now when I collaborate with people, obviously it has to make sense in terms of um, the economy of the collaboration. It has to make sense in terms of my time, Um, you know, and it has to be something that's mutually beneficial to me or I don't want to do it. And by that, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be benefiting more than the other person or vice versa. It needs to be mutual, mutually beneficial. Um, And and if it feels a little bit, um, if it feels a little bit maybe out of balance, then I got to be willing to look at the other ways that I'm benefiting from that that aren't necessarily direct. So it's expanded, the collaboration has expanded. First of all, it's, it's, um, it's helped me kind of get more rooted in my own skills and talents and gifts that I have to offer the world, let alone a collaboration. But it's also made me more open to recognizing where somebody else is bringing something to the table that I don't have mm-hmm. and and it's just i mean i I'm not <clears throat> the whole the idea of being an introvert i s I've never really quite known how to relate to the concept of introvert extrovert but I'll tell you one thing I cannot live in a bubble i gotta i gotta have relationships with people and to have relationship with people within the my creative reality or i mean I don't know how I would do it without that. Mm-hmm. You know, so the collaborations have become besides, you know, beneficial on a creative front, they're freaking fun mm-hmm. too. Can I say freaking <laughs> they're fun, you know, they're fun. They can be really, really fun. So um I also am very selective about my collaborations now. Cause there are some collaborations that don't feel good for a lot of different reasons. And so I'm very selective about the ones that feel good.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What is the one thing right now that you're building in your business that you're excited about? Ah, uh, so many things. <laughs> well, there's, there's some stuff that I'm building that's probably
1: going to take a good year or so to build. Um, I've got a community of people who show up every time I offer something, who show up in my DMs, who show up on Instagram, show up on Facebook, and I've been building something for them. -hmm. Um, that will take some time to build to where it's just like you've been showing up for me over and over and over again and you've you've only been getting the same thing everybody else has been getting from me because that's all I've been able to do. Um, so I'm working on um creating creating offerings free, good, useful content for the people that are showing up over and over and over. Um, but also I'm really diving deeper into my mentoring. That's something that has proven to be just so satisfying and I don't know. I just feel like every hard thing that I've been through and I've it's, there have been some really, really difficult years for me that, and that's putting it mildly that everything that I have been through now is serving as um, information that I can share with people who are, who are on that path too. And I can with total conviction and honesty say, I get it. Mm -hmm. I've been there. Here, here are some little ways that you can start changing what you're thinking. And, you know, that to me feels like my most important work right now.
0: No, I agree. And I think especially because your view on individuals, creativity, life, family, uh, being connected to what, what you choose around you, I can confirm even just in my own life, those times to, to stand next to other people. Mm-hmm. and and to share what you know. And like mm-hmm. when you said you can share it with conviction, mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't always say absolutely 100%. If you do this one branding thing, it will give mm-hmm. you this results. But I can stand behind, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when it comes to our journeys, right? And when it comes yeah. to walking them out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for anyone that is... Loving listening to Stephanie and you want to create with her, um, we'll, cre- we'll, we'll share all of that. But I also want to share with you that Stephanie has a brand new class, The Art of Affirmation, that is currently open for registration on GeneOliver.com. Stephanie, would you tell everybody a little bit about your class?
1: Yeah, so that class was um, a really, really fun one to make. I'm super excited about people jumping in on that because what I've done in that course is take a lot of what we talked about here, you know, the power of our creativity, and I've uh, smashed it together with some of the, the trendy, popular pop culture concepts around manifesting like vision boards and stuff like that. And I've basically said, no, hang on, hang on. Vision boards are are known to be this one way, but what if we use our creativity in a totally different way? So it's, it's the idea of using our creative practice, specifically the mediums that we love using the time we spend in our studio, um, our processes with the mediums to, um, to create some things for ourselves that maybe feel a little bit impossible, Hmm. you know? So it's using our art to create life experiences and beautiful art too. So,
0: And I think your art classes are never just art classes. I think that's what sets you you. apart. (laughs) I think they're just deep. They're beautiful. They're interesting. I think you always share yourself. And so I think you, yes, you have a beautiful art class, but I think it's just so much deeper and richer than that. And so we're just so excited that you're back doing a class on our creative network. So anybody that wants to take classes on your platform or to talk to you about mentoring, how can they find you?
1: they can go to stephanieleeart.com. And depending on when they go there, it might be a brand new site. I'm right on the edge of a new site (laughs) being released. Um, So I'm excited about that. So stephanieleeart.com.
0: Thanks, Steph. I've loved talking with you. And I know that so many are going to get so many good little nuggets out of our talk. Likewise. Thank you so much. And I just want to encourage everybody that's listening
1: to affirm that you have enough creativity in you to feel really at peace with how it shows up in the world. Thanks,
0: Steph. Thank you. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 tips to take back the peace for a more beautiful life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day day, like I was. Go to jeanoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at jeanoliver.com where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. Thank you for joining me this week. Don't forget to let us know what you thought of this week's podcast and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. Thanks for listening and see you next time.